Um, so, hello. I'm going to give a little disclaimer before this episode starts. Um, the audio is not that great. It's kind of going in and out. There's a lot of popping because of me talking. Um, uh, I'm a little bit out of breath in the audio, if I'm being kind of honest, because um, I was like walking back and forth and I don't know why I was doing that. And I'm very out of shape, <laughs> clearly. Um, so there's a lot of like breathing. Um, but I'm giving this little disclaimer because I'm going to be popping in in some few parts of this episode. Um, I'm in my hotel room right now, but I'm going to be popping in and just kind of filling in the gaps where I felt like I left in some gaps and then I'm going to be finishing off the, off the episode. Um, but yeah, so just enjoy, um, hear my rants. I would totally re-record it, but I think there's a lot of like good stuff that I say, <laughs> not to be like, you know, self-absorbed. Um, but I think there's some good stuff that I say, good stuff that I point out. So I just want to give this little disclaimer and then we'll get into the episode, which is right now. Hello everyone. Um, I don't know how to start these things. I should introduce myself. It's Sabella. Um, I'm talking really low because I'm in a public or state park. It's public anyway. Um, but I am in Morro Bay currently. If you don't know where Morro Bay is, it's in like central California, up the coast. Um, it's a beautiful coastal town about like... I don't know, 20, 45 minutes away. I mean, that's a big gap, but it's about 20, 45 minutes away from Hearst Castle, which is in San Simeon. Um, but Morro Bay is really famous for this big volcanic rock that they have um, in the middle of the ocean. Well, kind of. It's attached to the um, the land, but it has this giant rock, and it's become like a really big tourist attraction. Um, people really like visiting it. Um, if you look up Morro Bay, it's all this iconography kind of surrounding this rock. A lot of um, knickknacks you can buy in the little shops um, with this rock on it. I hope you guys can hear the trees, cause, or the not the trees. Well, the trees, but you can also hear the birds in the trees because they're so beautiful. <sighs> um, but right now I'm just looking out into the water in this little bay. There's like a little house. But it has me really thinking about the environment. Um, and not in like a, oh my god, the environment kind of way. Because when you kind of sit in a state park and you kind of sit somewhere and see how beautiful and natural this earth is, um, it's really astounding. There's like a natural order to things. There's a natural way that the earth moves and the animals move and, and the trees grow and the shrub grows and the you know tide comes in and out. You know, it's it's really astounding and it's so beautiful. Like I'm literally staring at this rock right now. Um it's so beautiful how this rock formed over thousands and thousands, I'm sure millions of years. I mean, it's a volcanic rock, so there must have been a volcano here, right? But it's just so beautiful. And so calm and so peaceful. And the cool thing about the earth is that it can be really peaceful and quiet. You know, you can find a place where there's just a light breeze, no birds, no nothing. It's just sitting there and you hear the leaves rustling. And then you have something like the middle of the ocean where it's really turbulent and there's storms and, and there's all this noise and you hear the waves. Um, there's a little car behind me, um, a motorcycle. 
but and that you know you go to places like the Himalayas where it's also very turbulent but can be very calm and and there's such this beautiful duality about the planet about the earth about the way that it works and I think it's really amazing and I often wonder about the people who don't care about the planet who say well use it for all the resources possible oh you can kind of hear the elephant seals too there's elephant seals that come here and then to San Simeon. Um, the, only the males are here now. They're molting. The females come in December. They mate. They fight over, you know, the females. But as I was saying, I wonder who peop- when people say like, oh, well, you know, I mean, humanity comes first. It, it just makes me think like, <sighs> you realize humanity is part of this. You realize we live on this planet, right? You realize that all the systems we have created as people, as humans, the societies, the, you know, stratosphere, the the status, the money, the everything, we created it here on this planet. So in order for you to keep that going, wouldn't you want this planet to still be around? And I don't believe this. And I don't, I don't think we should keep the social order. But I'm asking this to people who are so against climate change that they are willing to risk everything for it. And there's so much to climate change. It's not just we lose the birds you hear them it's not just we lose the birds we lose the the moro bay rock we lose the animals we we lose you know the tranquility we lose the peacefulness of of the planet and the environment but we lose everything everyone does everyone loses out it's a losing game for no matter who is playing and even if they're not playing, you know, people in the global south and I'm generalizing because you kind of have to generalize. And I don't, that sounds a lot worse than I mean it. But I think with global conversations like this, you have to think globally um, and then push people to act locally um, or do yourself act locally. But you know, the global south is the first victims. They're the first ones who are going to suffer because of climate change. They're the ones where it's getting so incredibly hot. So hot in, you know, for the past 10, 20 years, it's been getting hotter and hotter in places like, you know, Iran, um, all over India, they're experiencing record high temperatures. The Amazon forest is completely being destroyed. The weather is so inconsistent. It's this whole planet is being destroyed and the people who are suffering are those who are being marginalized, those who the North and the West is profiting off of. And it's so, I always say disgusting, but it really is disgusting, you know, there's uh, cities in India that have no water at all. There's places in America, in Virginia, where their water is purple. And local congressmen are saying, well, it's fine to drink, just dilute it. Dilute it with what? Bottled water? So now you're going to force people to buy bottled water, which is already very expensive, which is a tactic. 
Of course, everything is a tactic. Flint still has no water, and I think that's a really big talking point, you know. And who are the people that are being affected by this? Black and brown people. Um, there's this really amazing... I don't want to call him an activist because I don't know if he considers himself one. Um, and I'm not just going to throw an activist label on someone who is, like, giving a voice to something. Um because I don't know if they want to be considered an activist or not. It's a very complicated, very nuanced conversation. Um, but his name is Alan Solway. Um, I'll link him in the... Or I'll like write a little thing about him so you guys can see his Instagram and his Twitter and see the work that he does. But he talked about how there's no water on the Navajo reservation. And there's no water on many reservations. Or all reservations. There's no water. So you have to travel for so long to get water. And if that isn't a form of brutalization towards indigenous people, even more so than has already happened in the United States, but if that isn't a form of brutalization and if that isn't a form of imperialism and is and that if that is not a form of <laughs> killing off indigenous people, because there's been a long-standing genocide happening against indigenous people. If this isn't, like, environmental warfare against black and brown people, then I don't know what the fuck is. You're specifically targeting people who are already disenfranchised and making them go out without a basic necessity, water? Water gives us life, and I don't even mean that as in, like, a protest water is life water is literally life you see how much life grows in the ocean how much feeds off the ocean how much lives in the rivers and the ponds and the lakes water breeds life um and it's disgusting that they're forcing people to drink bottled water which is fluoridated which has so many chemicals in it and they're forcing these people uh, marginalized people to drink this water or to use this water instead of supplying them with drinking water with water that they can use and not get sick from and it's such a tactic and it's such a disgusting like ugh, it honestly makes me shudder and not to be like Mad Max end of the world kind of shit but it, there's already like an economic ecologic political warfare involving water it's so gross so horrifying so horrible so like you're you're <laughs> killing the planet and killing how many people at the same time there are people who have no access to clean water. The only clean water that they have is the river right next to them. And this is happening everywhere, all over the globe. The only access to clean water that they have is the river that they live off of. And they're putting chemicals, they're pouring um, like dyes, they're pouring laundry detergent, they're pouring all this shit into the fucking ocean. All this shit into the fucking rivers. In certain parts of the world, the rivers are so contaminated, it's not drinkable. 
I was watching this documentary and I forget which river it is and I'll, I'll remember it and I'll link it um, so you guys can like find it. Watch these resources yourself. Like research this shit yourself. Don't ever just take my word for things. Like read these things yourselves. Um, but there's a river and <laughs> this, um, I think he's a biochemist. I know he's, um, he's in science and he studies the water. Um, and he picks up a cup of the water out of the river and says, this is not even water anymore. We've tested it and there's no water molecule in this at all. And people drink out of it because that's their only resource. Their only resource is to drink out of this dirty, nasty water. Because bottled water is what? Too expensive. Because they jack up the price so high. Or the state or the government will go in. I said state kind of funny. <laughs> um, or the state or the government will go in and put in these you know, water purifying barrels. So the water can come in and siphon through. And they don't keep them up. The water is just as disgusting. Even worse because there's all this you know, metal and shit in it. It's horrifying. It's horrible. And I know people are talking about the environment. And I know this is a really big cause for a lot of people. But like we have to think about this in a global scale. And how it is impacting indigenous communities. And how fucking with the environment this hard. Because the West is just pumping with products. Buy, 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 buy. Buy this, buy that. Buy these clothes. Buy this, you know, shit. Buy all this stuff. Fill your home with things. It's what makes you happy. And the West is such a consumer-based industry, a consumer-based continent, a consumer-based society that they're pumping us with products, that it's hurting the environment, the fast fashion industry, the makeup industry. I'll get into that in a whole different episode because I think that's something a lot of people don't talk about and think about, you know. Even making beads, like the beads that you use for Mardi Gras, the beads that you use to like do whatever the fuck you're doing with like a string of beads, you know, that (laughs) is a lot of environmental waste, you know, and people are making these products for 10 cents an hour, $56 a month. Not only are you hurting (laughs) these people economically, but you're killing them environmentally. Because you're pumping the West with all these products, all this bullshit that none of us need. And I can't even say that I'm immune to it. I buy shit all the time. I'm like, hmm, I really need... The other, like two weeks ago, I was going out with my friend. We are going to this bar that we like going to because we wanted kombucha beer. And I know how that sounds. And yes, I agree. We wanted this beer. And I was like, you know, I need a new skirt. I walked right into Urban Outfitters, found a skirt and bought it. I mean, it was on sale. I saved money. It was only like 15 bucks, but that's why I bought it. Because I was like, wow, it's only $15 and I have a coupon and blah, 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 blah. And I need a new skirt. I can't just be wearing what I wore to work. But I, I convinced myself that I needed this thing. And you see how easy it is to, to goad people into buying things? See how closely buying things and the environment are together? Because guess who made that skirt? Guess who used the dyes and the fabric and all that shit to make that skirt and then threw all the dye and all the excess runoff into the river, into the ocean, into the stream, into the pond. They're so deeply connected. You cannot separate the environment 
from this social order that the West has created. And it's not even just the West. There are countries all over that are perpetuating this. Brazil, especially Mexico, especially Mexico is the America of Latin America. India's falling into that path too. There's countries in Africa that are following in this path too. There are countries all over that are following. Look at Singapore. Everywhere, they're just following this Western model. And it's so frustrating because that's causing so much more harm. And yes, we can, you know, use the metal straws because we, because we want to save the turtles. You know, we can use recyclable cups and we can use you know post-consumer recycled uh like laundry detergent i just saw seventh generation come out with post-consumer recycled laundry detergent like um bottles we can use all these things in the west and i'm not saying that they're bad i'm not saying that buying metal straws and using them makes you a bad person not at all i think that's a great step for you as an individual to do and i myself use them you know i think it's it's important to to use these things as an individual but we also need to look at this in a global scale because just buying a metal straw isn't enough just buying post-consumer recycled is not enough donate your money give your money to those people who are really fighting the environment on a political level because there are a hundred companies that are killing the environment We've seen the infographs, we've seen, you know, the articles, we've seen it all. How these 100 companies are completely ravishing and destroying this environment. Look at the oil industry. Did you guys see that video of a giant refinery blowing up? I think it's in Philadelphia. And it's in a poor working class black community. Come on. They put that there specifically because you know the government doesn't give a shit. But like, they really don't give a fuck. So what I also want to insert here and mention is that there's a lot of um, poor black communities, especially in the American South, that are living next to pig farms. Um, and the way that a pig farm works, um, I don't know if this is all over. I don't know if this this is just like an American South thing. Um, I don't know if this is how pig farms work all over. Um, but there's pig farms in the American South. And what they do is, of course, they kill the pigs. And, of course, you know, pigs shit. Um, pigs use the bathroom. They defecate. Um, so they have an entire pond next to the slaughterhouse or wherever it is. And they have this big, huge pond. And they throw all the feces in there. Um, like any bio waste from the pigs into this huge pond. And it's actually harming the environment around it. Um, it's polluting the air. And a lot of poor black people are living next to these pig farms. Um, I don't know if it's cows as well. I don't know if it's any other kind of livestock, but I do know it's pigs. Um, and they're right next to these farms and it's polluting their air. So their people are getting sick. People are um, not having the quality of life that they should. And I think that's a reflection of the environmental, um, again, warfare that I was talking about against black and brown people specifically. Um, all of this debris and all of this nasty shit is going into the air. Where um, I live, it's right next to a Farmer John's. 
Everyone knows who Farmer John is. Well, not the actual Farmer John, but everyone knows what Farmer John's is, right? Um, And there is a facility where they actually, like, kill the animals. Um, I don't know if it's just cows, if it's just beef, if they do pork, if they do chicken as well. I'm pretty sure they do. Um, But it smells really bad. You can smell it from the next city over. That's how bad it is. And when it's really hot, it's even worse. It makes it almost impossible to go outside because the smell is so bad. And imagine just the smell is bad. Imagine what people are breathing in, into the lung, into the body, what's getting into the bloodstream, how it's affecting food that's being left out in the open air, how it's affecting the plants, the animals. Like, how is this affecting not only just the way that the air smells, but the quality of life for the people around the facility? And I'm not trying to say this to convince everyone to be vegan and and stop you know eating meat because the environmental blah 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 blah. I'm not one of those vegans. I'm not one of those people. I think it's a personal choice whether or not people eat meat. There are a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of cultures where meat is really important, part of the diet. Totally cool. Totally respect that. But I think the industrial way in which meat is processed and consumed is dangerous. I think it's one thing culturally to get a pig, kill it, put it underground, you know, you bury it underground or you grill it or you do all these things to this to this animal after you kill it. That's one thing. And you're eating every single part of the animal, nothing is going to waste. But it's another thing to be herding all of these animals into these facilities and killing them at such a high rate where the air quality is just going to shit and people are getting sick because of it. People are living literally next to power plants. Imagine all the shit that's getting into your lungs in a power plant. And these these facilities are going into places where black and brown people live. And that's a big point of contention that I have with corporations. That's a big point of contention that I have with capitalism. Capitalism and the environment are very deeply connected. They go hand in hand. They are friends. They're buddies. They're real good pals. But the, the fact that these corporations and these companies are putting these big environmental hazards... And not even just companies and corporations, it's the government as well, putting these biohazardous power plants and these slaughterhouses and all this shit right next to where people of color live is very pointed. They would never in a million years put a fucking slaughterhouse in Beverly Hills under capitalism. These facilities... These environmental hazards are always going to be put next to poor people of color. Always. Always. That's how capitalism works. You hurt the people who are disenfranchised. So the environment and capitalism are so intertwined, so socially, politically intertwined that it's just to unpack environmentalism, you got to unpack capitalism. You have to unpack all this. Okay, so this is where my original recording ended. Um, I was like, again, sitting outside 
and my nephew came up and he pointed out there's this like really creepy dude like sitting in the forest behind me kind of far away but it made me pretty nervous so I decided um to stop recording and we went back to our car but I wanted to kind of continue on with what I was saying and then wrap everything up there is a lot of really gross things happening to the planet and there's a lot of really gross things happening to people because of what is happening to the planet. The nation that I was talking about, the first nation that I was talking about was the Hopi people whose like sacred sites had been destroyed. Um, they had been destroyed or parts of them had been destroyed. And this man was saying he walked up to the, um, to the spot and he was like, it, this isn't even sacred to us anymore because half of it is destroyed. We can't even read what it says anymore. Um, all because of this company wanted to mine. And I don't know if I can find the documentary because I had watched it in a class and it's on Canopy, which is like a, um, you have to pay for it. Um, if you go to school, like university, um, I do believe you have access to it. Or if you're part of like a library, um, I think you do have access for like access to it. Uh, you could also pay for it. I'm going to try to find different links, but if you look up, um, like, environmentalism and indigenous people you'll you'll find a lot of resources even if you just google it google scholar is free like google scholar is really great if you want to understand things on a academic level or if you want to understand things in the way that people in academia talk to each other um that's a whole other topic too about making academia accessible to people um that's one of my life goals but we'll talk about that another time um I, I think it does really connect but a whole other tangent and I'm not trying to make this like three four hours um but Look up these resources that I'm talking about if I can't find any links to them and I can't make any promises. But if we even look at the pipeline, the pipeline is destroying the water for people in that area. That's why the indigenous communities there were so dead set on protesting against this because it was going to destroy the water their access to water again everything comes back to water and i want you to think about that everything comes back to water water is very important destroying the water is the first thing that they do and the ominous they that i'm talking about is the government the government understands how important and powerful water is the first thing that they do is going to destroy the water. Why do you think they made water privatized? <laughs> like, why do you think they made water privatized? Why do you think Arrowhead, Aquafina, Nestle, Nestle, Nestle is the fucking worst. Not only is Nestle destroying the environment, but they're pumping all the shit into our fucking water. Never drink anything, any product from Nestle. It is horrible for you. Horrible for you and horrible for the environment. I said horrible, weird, but like, listen to me. Always think about the environment in a way that not only just affects the animals, because the animals are very important, but also affects people. Climate change affecting people, not just affecting animals, but it's affecting the people. Honestly, People don't give a fuck about animals anymore. People don't give a shit about animals. 
we've become so desensitized about animal cruelty, but like the extinction of animals. I think there's like a species every month that's going extinct. This month, like this year alone, in 2019, there's this really rare snail that went extinct. Like there's a lot of shit that's disappearing on this planet. And that needs to be like up in the talking points as well. That there's a lot of animals that are dying and going, like, disappearing. Not even going missing, disappearing. Going extinct. They're no longer a part of our ecosystem anymore. But it fucking sucks because no one gives a shit anymore. I think collectively, we don't care. Because, like I said, we're so desensitized to things going extinct that it's just like, wow, another one. Okay. Well, what's going to happen next month? Which, which animal is going extinct next month? And it's really hard to get people to care about the environment, too. It's really fucking hard. And I don't understand why it's so difficult to get people to care about the environment. You should give a fuck about that snail going extinct. Why? Because that is a sign of what is about to happen to us. So you should give a fuck about a weird, uh, rare snail going extinct a weird rare bug going extinct a weird rare uh mammal going extinct that you've never heard of in your life an amphibian a fucking frog you should care that these animals are going extinct because it's gonna happen to us systematically I know a lot of people are just like, well, it's going to happen anyways. 2050 is coming. We ruined the planet. Who cares? We're all going to die. What kind of fucking attitude is that? That is such a privileged place to be. And I understand how people can get there. I really do. When everything feels abysmal, especially when you're a millennial, when you have lived war after war after war after war, there's always something happening. As a millennial, you grew up with shit going on, with shit happening. I get it. I get that everything is scary. I get that everything is falling apart. I get that the world is being destroyed at its seams. I get it. I understand it. But you can't live in that place forever. You cannot live in the place of, well, it's all going to fucking go to shit anyways. It's 2050. We're all going to fucking die. You should care. Why? Because not only is that snail going extinct, but there are people in the, from the equator down that where it's going to get so fucking hot that they're just going to die. That people are going to die. There's already people migrating because of global warming. Because the crops are drying up. Because the land is so infertile. One, because of the seeds. And I have a whole... mm -mm, The way... (laughs) I have a whole rant about that too. Again, another like episode for another time. But... The seeds that corporations are giving to farmers are ruining the soil. If the soil is being ruined, not only because of the seed, but because of global warming, what is that farmer going to do? Get the fuck out of there. Where is he going to come? Where land is quote unquote fertile. Where is land quote unquote fertile politically, socially, and physically? The West. Or not even just America. And when I say the West, I'm not just talking about America. I'm talking about anywhere above the equator. Because of the environment, because of the West's 
involvement in the destroying of their political system, of their home country. People are coming here for so many reasons, and the environment is a very big one that's just happening. There's droughts in so many countries. I talked about this a little bit earlier, but there's droughts everywhere. It is so hot. The soil has become so dry that there is nothing to even grow. People cannot make a living and people cannot feed themselves and feed others. Killing the environment kills everyone. Killing the environment kills people who are just trying to make a fucking living, who are just trying to exist. It's not even about making a living. It's not even about making money. It's about them just existing. You should be concerned and you should be making a statement and you should be trying to fix this fucking environment because people are dying. Because people are just trying to live. So I beg everyone, please get involved. And I'm not trying to like shame people and be like, you better get involved. I get it's really tough for a lot of people. You know, I get like not everyone has the money, has the resources, has the time. And you know, they do that on purpose. (laughs) Don't think that you not having the money or the time to take off of work, to go protest, to go and vote, to go and do X, Y, Z is not because, just because. Get involved the best way that you can. Donate. Donate to grassroots organizations. Grassroots organizations are really important. Donate to organizations that are doing the work on the ground. Like, donate as much as you can. Get involved as much as you can. Even just talking, even just telling people what is going on, even just reading an article and just understanding about what is happening is really, really great. And you're doing the work. You're educating yourself and you're educating others. And that's all I can ask for. Education is so important. Because if you educate people and you educate them why things are happening and how they are happening and what we can do to kind of fix it, oh man, a lot of work can be done. Education is the key to liberation. (laughs) I will fucking say that again. I want that shit written on my tombstone. Education is the key to liberation. (laughs) I'm getting really preachy. I'm getting very much so in my, like, professor, like, (laughs) vibe. I know I am. I I super, super know I am. But this is very important. And we got to fix this now. If if the scientists are right and 2050 is right around the corner, we have to do it now. So I'm going to end there before I get even more intense, before things just kind of go off the rails even more. Um... Thank you guys for listening to last week's episode. A lot of people actually listened to it. Thanks to my friends. Um, But yeah, be cautious, be safe, watch out, educate yourself, learn, learning, learning is important. Um, I will catch you guys next week. We'll find out what happens. uh, We'll find out what I talk about next week because I don't even know. So thanks for dealing with the shitty audio Um, Let me know how it goes and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.